This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio with me. Good evening, everyone. It's time for another edition of Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 37. Flex Radios with Gerald Youngblood, K5SDR, recorded live on Thursday, October 27th, 2016. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Gerald Youngblood, K5SDR, the founder of Flex Radios, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Remember, if you miss the show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Get your questions ready to go. After the interview, you can call us on Skype at the username HamTalkLive or by telephone, of course. That phone number is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. You can also send your questions via Twitter. You can start doing that now, actually. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. Well, uh, before we go to break... Um, Got a little treat here for everybody running CQ Worldwide this weekend. We have a guest that uh, wanted just a, a minute to, to speak to you. So this is for all those people working CQ Worldwide, hopefully including myself this weekend. Everyone in the audience on Ham Talk Live today is going to get one of my favorite things. You get a 5-9. You get a 5-9. Everyone gets a 5-9. So hopefully everybody gets a 5-9. Well, I'll be back with K5SDR right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and ham sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Coming to you live from the glass-enclosed Faraday Box. Here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live.
Thanks once again to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show to help bring you Ham Talk Live tonight. They will be at the Lawrenceburg, Georgia Ham Fest, November 5th and 6th, and then Fort Wayne, Indiana on November 12th and 13th. Or you can give them a call, 920-435-2973 is their phone number. Or visit their website at pl-259.com and tell them you heard it right here on Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen to the archive on the website or download it from most popular podcasting websites. Gerald Youngblood founded Flex Radio Systems in April of 2003. As president and CEO, he is responsible for managing the day-to-day operations of the company. Prior to Flex Radio Systems, he founded and ran five technology companies spanning from hardware, software, and electronic manufacturing. He's been a ham since 1967 as WA5RXV, KE5OH, AC5OG, and now holds an extra class license as, as K5SDR. Uh, Gerald received a BSWE degree from Mississippi State, and he's the recipient of the ARRL 2002 Doug DeMaw W1FB Technical Excellence Award and the Central States VHF Society. 2004 John T. Chambers Award. So welcome uh, tonight to Ham Talk Live. We're glad you could join us. Thanks, Neil. I really appreciate the opportunity. So tell us a little bit about starting up Flex Radio. What made you decide to uh, take the leap to to start that up and uh, get into the uh, software-defined radio business? Well, I often call it an accidental company. Um, I got into ham radio when I was a teenager and just was fascinated with the technology, and that ended up directing my career into um, electrical engineering and then uh, into starting uh, companies, as you've said. And as many of us do, uh, when life happens and we have kids and career, uh, the ham radio uh, hobby that we loved as teenagers kind of fell to the wayside until uh, my son was about 12 years old, and I took him to um, a field day, and he got interested in getting a license. I think it was more to just do something with Dad, and it got me back in the hobby. And I got real interested in PSK-31 that had just come along in the late 1990s, and it intrigued me that maybe I could build a radio with a PC and a sound card using technology uh, that I learned about in college. And so that I set off just as a hobby to see if I could build a, sal- a software-defined radio. That was about 1999. And I worked about three or four years uh, really hard uh, having to dig in and study and uh, relearn all the mathematics that I had not had in about 40 years. And uh, ended up building what became the SDR-1000, wrote a series of articles for QEX called a software-defined radio for the masses, and uh, that uh, generated hundreds of emails from all over the world from people who said it had reinvigorated their interest in uh, the technical part of the hobby. And so through those articles, 
I decided to, uh, around 2002, late 2002, decided that maybe I would uh, uh, make some of those uh, early SDRs available. And I uh, sent an email to uh, a lot of the, uh, to the list of people who had contacted me and said, I'll take orders for 10. Tell me why you should get one of these 10. Well, I got 50 orders the first day, and uh, I think I got 500 orders in the first nine months. And that was how Flex Radio started. It was not uh, something that I originally set out to build a product and start a company, but it's uh, serendipitously uh, turned into one because there were so many people interested. And uh, so that was the birth of the SDR 1000. Well, it's it's just taken everything by storm, and, and so now that you've uh, done this for a while, and and it's a solid uh, solid option for hams. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the in the future with software defined radio? Do you think all the radio manufacturers are going to try to to copy what you've done, and and you know is that going to be the standard? Is is super heterodyne gone? Well, I do believe that SDRs uh, will ultimately completely dominate. They already do in the uh, cell phone uh, industry. Uh, Every one of your um, smartphones are really SDRs, and the base stations that run them are SDRs. Um, So I would say, yes, we're going to see everything moving to SDR, or you won't be able to play in the future. Uh, there are a number of reasons for that. First of, first of all, uh, because they're software-defined, uh, they have tremendous flexibility in how you can configure those systems and improve them over time. Uh, I will say that there's a difference. Uh, I've, I've started to describe it as big S or small S DR. Uh, many things are, uh, might be a small SDR, a small S, in that uh, they might use SDR technology to a limited extent, but they're not that flexible in terms of being modified. Uh, I use it uh, with a big S on the software uh, in terms of being highly configurable. In fact, uh, the Flex 6000 series, which we came out, started shipping in 2013, uh, everything from the antenna port to the audio is software-defined. In other words, we literally digitize the RF signal coming in at the antenna port, and we uh, are able to do 100% of the processing, uh, everything from mixers to amplification to uh, uh, filtering, et cetera, is all done in software, uh, all the way to the final audio uh, conversion. So it's truly software defined. That means that you can change uh, modulation schemes, you can add modulation schemes, you can change filtering structures, uh, you can add uh, uh, and even do things at the RF frequencies uh, in programmable hardware called FPGAs. So, yes, the answer is uh, everything will move to SDR, and uh, we feel that we have uh, a strong lead in that area, and not only in terms of the radio itself, but in terms of making the radio a server. Uh, Every one of our radios are servers that sit on uh, your homeland, 
so that frees you from having to be at the radio. In fact, I can use my radio on the deck in the backyard using my iPad or Maestro. You can even use it on an iPhone. So it, it uh, has so many different um, capabilities uh, that we uh, have not even realized all of them yet. And one of the things that I found interesting, and it was all the the rage at uh, Contest University last year, is that there is one thing that had to be hardware for a lot of people, and that's the big knob. So you introduced the maestro to take care of the, the need for that big knob. That's right. In fact, uh, we did it in a, a different way from what it's what anyone has done before. Uh, first of all, we went out and interviewed uh, about 15 uh, top contesters, and we asked them uh, what did they like and what did they not like about their current station, uh, what were their dreams, what would, they, uh, what would help them improve their scores. And we used that to drive the user interface uh, of Maestro. And a few things that we heard is that uh, you want to have uh, the right controls, no more and no less. Uh, you may have seen radios that have hundreds of buttons and knobs. Well, those can be quite confusing when you've been up for 24 hours. Uh, also, uh, after 24 hours, your fingers can get awfully fat. And so we wanted to make sure that there was plenty of spacing between the controls and they were exactly the right controls. So that was step one. Step two is we wanted to make sure that you didn't lose the visual um, capabilities that SDR can bring. And so we put an 80-inch uh, uh, high-definition touchscreen on the, on the uh, Maestro so that uh, you can uh, see extremely weak signals uh, on the display and and simply tap tune them uh, if you want a, a quick QSY. So that was number two. Uh, number three is we wanted to make the device completely portable, so that you could take it around the house or on the deck, etc. And so Maestro with a battery weighs less than four pounds. And uh, if you, I have a twelve amp amp hour battery on mine that's the size of a cell phone, and it will run for five hours. Uh, anywhere in my house uh, on that battery. So that uh, has been a significant uh, uh, enhancement in capability uh, to using an SDR. It works either over uh, wired Ethernet or Wi-Fi, and uh, it gives you complete flexibility of where you use it. And uh, we, uh, in fact, uh, some top contesters are using it in recent contests. I noticed that... Uh, uh, Charlie Romeo 3 Whiskey used uh, Maestro with a 6700 uh, in the uh, CQ Worldwide, and they uh, they made o over 10,500 points in CQ Worldwide. Uh, half of the contacts were made on the 6700 uh, with the Maestro, and so that was a, a real win for us. And uh, K9CT used it in the same contest, and they were number one in the U.S. in multi-two category. So we're pretty excited about that product. I do want to mention also that recently we announced um, 
smart SDR for iOS that runs on both iPhones and iPads and gives you the full capabilities of smart SDR, which is our uh, radio operating environment. And uh, it's, it's available now uh, on the Apple Store. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, for those who haven't seen an SDR work or, or been able to play with one, what would you say are the biggest advantages to using an SDR over a standard uh, superheterodyne radio? Well, I would say uh, the, the first one that you'll notice is their visual radios. And if they're built correctly, I mean high-definition visual. So it completely changes your view of the bands uh, in that you can uh, very easily uh, see what's going on on an entire band. In fact, with some some of our radios, up to eight bands at once. So you can watch for openings on multiple bands, watch the beacons. Uh, You could be watching for openings on six meters while you're working 20 meters. Uh, also, uh, you can work on multiple bands at once. For example, we've enabled full duplex and single operator two radio capabilities so that you could be uh, uh, in a contest running on 20 meters and S&P search and pounce on 15 at the same time uh, if you have suitable uh, antenna isolation. In DXing, it really gives you an advantage in that with the high-definition display, you can very quickly uh, detect what the pattern is and know where the best place to call and many times uh, break the pile up in the first or second call. Uh, another thing is the performance um, and the sound. Uh, because we go to digital in one step, you eliminate 100% of the analog circuitry that tends to I say 100%. There is a little bit of analog circuitry uh, between the uh, digital section and converting it back to audio. But you can have extremely low distortion audio and and ultra-low distortion filters. You don't have any ringing like you would in a crystal filter. So that's one of the comments we get back from uh, our customers is how clean the audio is and how it eliminates a lot of the fatigue that they are familiar with in the superhet uh, roofing filter types of uh, receivers that we've all been used to in the past. Uh, so those are a couple of things. I already mentioned networking, the fact that you're not uh, that your radio becomes a server. In fact, my radio is in a rack, a 12U rolling rack under my desk. And the maestro sits on top of the desk, and then I can walk around the house with either the maestro or the or the uh, iPad, and that that changes the way you think about uh, the radio. Uh, also, because it's software, we're able to integrate it with other uh, systems. For example, if you work digital or modes or RIDI, uh, you might have an an enormous rat nest of cables and boxes and sound cards and uh, all kinds of things to get uh, a pan adapter, all that goes away. Everything is done in digital. So if you're using MMTTY or Two-Tone or FL-Digi, all of those applications communicate 100% digitally uh, without a wire. Uh, 
and that gets rid of all the ground loops and uh, problems, uh, RF ingress that you you have in a, a lot of the, the legacy systems we've been accustomed to. Uh, so those are a few of the things that you would notice uh, right off on the on the front. Um, the other thing is is because we put a big S on SDR, uh, it means that we are constantly uh, enhancing the radio and do multiple feature enhancements and performance enhancements uh, each year, and so it continues to be enhanced. In fact, there's a new one coming out to. Uh, um, uh, in the next week or two that will be coming out. So those are those are a few of the things that I think are top of mind. All right. And uh, before we go to break, um, Ralph Fedor uh, was on and was telling us about the Bouvet Island de-expedition coming up. And uh, they're, they're going to be doing all software-defined uh, flex radios on this de-expedition. So, uh, how excited are you about that, and, and do you think that's going to start becoming the trend? Well, we are honored to be a part of that de-expedition. Uh, that's a very remote, one of the most remote places on Earth. And uh, um, uh, K9CT, W0GJ, or, and uh, K, uh, uh, N2TU are three uh, serious uh, de-expedition operators that are all flex radio uh, aficionados, and uh, they will be, I believe all three of them are going on that de-expedition. And so they have a lot of excitement about using our equipment in that environment. Uh, they used it uh, in the background. Uh, W0GJ took it to Palmyra in testing there and just was blown away with uh, – how many uh, how many QSOs it increased the rate, uh, especially on 160 and 80 meters. They said it totally changed their perspective of the low bands because they were able to uh, see and then work stations that they would have never have known uh, were on the air uh, with very heavy QSB. So that's number one. Uh, also, I think there's a lot of interest in how they might use uh, the the client server aspect of our radios to uh, remote the uh, the transmitter receivers in different places on the island uh, for safety or for isolation between the transmitters and receivers. So there are a lot of capabilities there that I'm sure we'll be exploring over time. They'll be taking eight of our stations to that, uh, the expedition. So it's a, it's a major undertaking. Well, that sounds uh, really interested and I'll be, uh, be happy to hear, uh, how that all goes and expect, uh, some some record breaking stuff going on on that de expedition. So sounds like uh, a good plan. Well, it is time to pay some of the bills, but we'll be back in uh, just a little over a minute and take your calls right after this message from the Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by the Ham Station. 
For over 37 years, the Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, and Amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. CQ, CQ, CQ. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The Ham Station has you covered for both new and used equipment. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com and tell them you heard it here on Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at hamtalklive.com. Check out our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. Just search for Ham Talk Live. Well, it's time to take your calls this evening if you have a question you can call us at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. You can also Skype uh, your question to Ham Talk Live. That's our account name. Or you can tweet at Ham Talk Live. Uh, You can also post in the comment section on the website if you're listening live. Give us a call or a tweet or a comment, and uh, let's get your questions in here about flex radios and uh, what K5SDR has been been up to. Uh, While we're waiting on some of those calls, uh, can you let us in on any exciting and new things coming up here in the future besides the, the software upgrade you just talked about? I, I think that uh, one of the things that we have made a little bit of noise about uh, is that we have a new legal limit uh, amplifier uh, that is uh, coming in the near future. Um, we showed a early prototype last year in Dayton and have been relatively quiet about it since then, but it's uh, nearing the beta phase within the next few weeks, and once we get it through FCC and CE certification, uh, then we'll be able to uh, be very specific about uh, when it'll be available and start taking orders at that point. A few of the key things about it is that it's a 2KW uh, uh, capable amplifier, which means it'll run nicely at 1.5KW with uh, uh, very low distortion and low spurious harmonic output, it weighs less than 30 pounds. I actually carried it in on my shoulder in a bag uh, in Dayton. It has a 3-kilowatt switching power supply in it. Um, And uh, so it's designed to be very rugged but lightweight. So you'll probably see it going on the expeditions as well. And one of the interesting features is that it is uh, based on Ethernet, 
which means it'll totally integrate with our radios and with Maestro. Uh, in the future, what you'll see is if you're on Maestro remote, uh, the amplifier, uh, it'll show you the power output of the amplifier and the SWR coming out of the amplifier, even though you're not at the amplifier. And all of the switching and so forth will be over Ethernet. Uh, it'll also be compatible with uh, any legacy radio with inputs for BCD, uh, CAT, uh, CI5, etc. So it'll be fully compatible with uh, other radios as well. So we expect to be in production early next year. So that's uh, that's an imminent uh, development. Um, we've been working very hard on uh, complete seamless contest integration uh, with uh, the the main loggers uh, and eliminating all of the junk you had to have to make uh, a contest station work in various configurations. In fact, K9CT says that he can switch from single operator to multi two to SO2R in a matter of just a few minutes uh, on any mode. And so uh, integration, station integration, you'll see a lot coming there. Um, coming out in our version 1.10 in the next couple of weeks, we've added the capability to have um, a fan out of USB to uh, station control devices. Um, including USB to serial, USB to BCD, and USB to binary control. And you can put a USB hub on the back of the radio and control uh, a, a large number of station devices over a single USB port off the back of the radio. The radio does have two USB ports. so uh, And you can set that up either from Maestro or from... Um, Smartest DR running on a PC, so that's that's a capability that's coming imminently. Uh, and then uh, we are working toward now uh, true uh, plug-and-play um, uh, remote, and station integration is one of the stepping stones in that. If you go remote, you need to have seamless station integration uh, for multiple devices. So all those things play together. Okay, we do have a uh, call on the line, so let's see uh, see what we have. Uh, welcome to Ham Talk Live. Who's this? Hi, this is Vinny, KA2NCV in New York. All right, what's question. your question? Yeah, I have uh, the Flex and the Maestro. I'm enjoying it. It's been a culture shock since, as Joe pointed out, the uh, uh, the different uh, not having the controls anymore. But one of the things I find sort of uh, interesting or sort of upsetting is that I belong to one of the chat groups where there's always information about uh, the problems that come across these software-defined radios, and every day there seems to be some kind of an issue, and I find it sort of discouraging with the technology on this radio. Is it well, How much of that fact of fiction that everyone seems to have a problem with these software-defined issues? Well, I think you would have to say that uh, the main reason people would post is when they have a question. The people that are happily working away are not posting questions, and there are many thousands of them that are that are working away every day with just uh, no problems at all. So you'll see. Yeah, uh, I'll, go ahead. No, I just I haven't really faced 
any of those issues, but it's just like, I'm saying like, what's going on here? It's, it's every day. There's another question pop up. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. I can't get this to work. It's uh, very, uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of times they don't have anything to do with our radios, too. They're, people use third-party applications like digital mode applications or they're using uh, something that somebody wrote to talk directly to our radios because we have a, a, a programming interface and other people are writing software to control our radios. In fact, I saw a comment to, today on there. Uh, where somebody else's software had caused a problem, but uh, interestingly, we always get uh, we we always get credited even if it's uh, someone else's problem. But uh, mm -hmm. the reason that people uh, we have a an extremely high utilization of our compu community uh, in in terms of activity, uh, people are really engaged, and that's a good thing. Uh, but people feel very comfortable in asking a question. Uh, in the past, people could go dig in and try to solve the questions themselves, and you'd never hear about it. Today, we're all on the Internet, and you hear about it. Right. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure, and uh, keep up the great work. I'm looking well, forward you. to the new uh, Amplifier coming out soon. Thanks thank for you. calling. Yep, thank, thank you very you, much man. for calling. Appreciate it. 812-NET-HAM-1 is the phone number, 812-638-4261. We've got time for another call or two. If you have a question, jump on in here, 812-NET-HAM-1 is the number. Or if you'd rather type, you can uh, tweet us at HamTalkLive, or you can uh, post a comment on the um, website as well there at HamTalkLive.com. Uh, we'll we'll pause here for just a minute and see if we uh, get another call right away. Uh, but one of the things that uh, that I did want to ask you about is uh, your success with with all this uh, software defined radio. What's been the most rewarding part of um, getting this company going and, and getting all this uh, SDR technology out there? I don't think I can give you a single one. I'll have to give you a few. Uh, first of all, I love technology. I love being creative. And so it's been extremely rewarding to have an idea and uh, then see it come into to create, fruition and creation. And also, I've always loved building businesses. And to be able to do that in a hobby that I've loved since I was a teenager has been very rewarding. The third thing I would say is that um, – when I first started this back in 2003, I had some opportunities to start speaking to various groups about SDR because people had read my articles. And uh, beginning with uh, Tapper uh, invited me to speak uh, in 2003. But I would each time I would speak to a group, I would ask how many of you uh, know what SDR is. And back in those days, I might get three, four, or five hands in a room of a 100. Uh, today, uh, for example, if I go to Friedrichshafen for the ham radio convention there in Germany, and uh, the room will be filled with uh, 350 or 400 people, people sitting on the floor. And if I ask that same question, nearly 100% of the, the hands will go up. 
And so I would say it's extremely rewarding to have been a part of something that has an impact on a hobby that I love, ham radio. And so I, I would say that's probably the most rewarding part of it. All right. Very good. We have a, another call. So uh, welcome to Ham Talk Live. Who's this? Hi, this is Steve, N8DEZ. I'm uh, in California. And uh, great to hear you guys tonight. Um, I saw a talk uh, from uh, Dr. Uh, McGuire, N4HY, at the uh, ARRL uh, Digital Communication Conference, and he was talking about the um, uh, new uh, modulation that they're going to be using for AMSAT Phase 4 and mentioned uh, Flex as a possible uh, hardware manufacturer. I wonder if you could comment. Uh, yes, we've been collaborating uh, with uh, Bob and the, the team there at Virginia Tech. In fact, uh, Steve Hicks um, is our VP of Engineering, and he's been wor- working very closely uh, with uh, the team on that uh, project. And it's still very early in terms of uh, discussions of the architecture and uh, how that might come to fruition, and of course you have to have a launch vehicle too. But uh, the entry is yeah. we're definitely uh, <laughs> in, involved in that and uh, interested. We think it's a pretty uh, pretty exciting project. Cool. Um, the other question I had, I'm a um, VHF, UHF microwave contester, and I see a lot of the hacker uh, groups um, have... Um, uh, radios that are coming out now, if, you know, with the really uh, whiz bang FPGAs. I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts about a radio that would operate natively in the VHUHF microwave band without having to use outboard transverters. Um, I would say that, uh, I, well, I can't comment on any products, but I can say that uh, there's some pretty exciting technology. Uh, the, the whole um, cell phone industry as well as some of the uh, the Wi-Fi and uh, moving up in frequencies uh, will probably make that uh, over time more cost effective. And um, uh, we're seeing uh, um, digital analog converters and analog to digital converters starting to move up in frequency. So I think the, the possibility exists in the future for that to occur. Very cool. Uh, and then one last question. Uh, what's the range on the Maestros if you were uh, remoting it uh, like in a de-expedition? Uh, what kind of range away from the, the box can you get with the Maestro? Well, that would be um, like if you're in a de-expedition, uh, you can use uh, high-gain antennas um, and uh, probably a little more power. So um, that would uh, extend it. You can extend it um by line of sight with gain antennas, probably over a mile or more. Oh, neat. Okay. Well, thank you so much uh, for uh, taking my questions, and uh, you guys have a great night, 7-3. Thank you for calling, Steve. Yeah, thank you very much for calling. We appreciate you taking the time to do that. 812-NET-HAM-1 is the number. I know we had another call there we couldn't take, and we have three minutes left, so we're going to have to make it a 
a quick one here, but if you want to try calling back, uh, now's the time. 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. And uh, we'll see if we get that. Oh, and we also have uh, one on Twitter here. Oh, let's go ahead and take the call. So I had to had to ignore it earlier. Hi, you're on Ham Talk Live. Okay, am I actually talking live right now? You are. Okay. Hey, my name is Jim. I call WB9IXS, and I'm in Wisconsin. I've been in touch with uh, Matt uh, Youngwood down at uh, Flex Systems, and very very close to purchasing the radio. Looking at the 6500 and the uh, Maestro. However. Uh, the more people I talk to, the more confusing it gets. I'm certainly uh, new to software-defined radios, but very excited about the, the technology. So I looked at this last uh, report, or not a report, but the, uh, the write-up that was in the QSC about the Maestro. And one thing that's very, very confusing was this uh, latency and... I, I truly don't understand that. I think there were some numbers as high as 400 milliseconds, and um, that's impossible. <laughs> he couldn't ever use the machine. So maybe somebody can give me a quick uh, explanation as to what is latency and, and how does it enter into uh, software-defined radios. Well, first of all, that's old data because we've radically reduced the latency since they actually did the review. Uh, latency is the time between um, when the signal hits the antenna port and it comes out the audio. And those numbers of 400 milliseconds are uh, completely uh, inaccurate at this point. Um, we also have the ability to vary. Um, well, let me kind of put it this way. We have what you call brick wall filters that are digital. They're much, much sharper and cleaner and uh, low distortion than other filters. But the very, very large filters add some time to it. So we give you complete control over the uh, sharpness of the filter versus the time it takes to go through the filter. So uh, w these radios are used in de-expeditions and contesting uh, and putting in top scores uh, in the world, especially in the RIDI contest that just happened. So uh, latency is not really an issue now. Yeah, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. And uh, uh, I have some other friends here that have um, competitors, FDR radios, if we can say that. And, uh, of course, they, they didn't agree with that either. But good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So what are, what are the new numbers uh, what's the worst case with the with the bigger filters? We've got about uh, with, 15 seconds here. I don't okay. have them on the top of my head. We could get them for you. I just don't remember them right now. And it, it it's adjustable. Drop okay. me an email well, if you could, and we'll uh, we'll get that to I, you as well as some of the others that have asked the questions. If you like, like I said, I've been in touch with Matt on and off uh, regularly. If we get closer to making a purchase, so I'll send him an email. And, We'll go from there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nice job. All right. Thank you very much. And, and yeah, we had uh, 
had another one come in on Twitter. We'll have to we'll have to get that offline here because uh, we're down to the last minute here, and I need to wrap things up. But Gerald, thank you so much for being on, and that's a wrap for this week's Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank my guest Gerald Youngblood, K5SDR, and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in, and invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time when Jim George N3BB will be here to talk about his book called Contact Sport. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.